Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Business Women Australia podcast, featuring industry leaders who bring their wealth of expertise from diverse areas to help you build a successful business. Now... Onto the show. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says knowing the impact that we have on others is our greatest strength. And joining me on today's show is Kerry Nobes. Now, she is a facilitator, a coach, a trainer, and a mentor. And she's always optimistic about improving work and life balance. We cannot let one subpar without it affecting the other. The ratios are negotiable. She's also a mum of two young adults and a spoodle. She's a wife, a friend, a colleague, and a facilitator and coach. And she is all about authentic relationships and helping people move forward to whatever it is that they wish, always with a side dish of fun. Love that. Now, on today's show, Kerry is going to share how we can debunk the myths of psychological safety, as well as being roles in senior leaders and boards, how they can play a role in this. She's going to talk about see how psychological safety builds profits and is vital for the organization's bottom line think retention, attraction of talent, as well as productivity, as well as three distinct pillars to engage and grow your team's mojo and effectiveness. We're going to talk more about that as well. Welcome to the show, Kerry. Hi, Anne-Marie. Tell us about psychological safety. How would you define that? I think for the, the the bigger picture of it, what it is is that safety that we have value to add and that we can question the status quo in our workplaces. And sometimes we don't feel like we've got a voice or we're fearful that if we speak, we're going to have consequences that go with that. So making that safe space for people to grow and to innovate and do all the good stuff that we want them to do is uh, what psychological safety is offering. Yeah, so in the introduction, as I mentioned, the key points that you'll be talking about today really uh, show some benefits for an organisation. But let's talk about some of the uh, the myths, maybe some of the mysteries that senior leaders may have that would stop them from embracing what we know is so important. So what are some of these myths? Look, I, I think one of the myths is that it's all about being soft and fluffy. <laughs> people think that you know if, oh we're just looking after people and people are going to be too social and we'll lose productivity or that it's going to actually slow down people's effectiveness because they're going to be too busy having that chat and that social interaction and I think some people even think that it will decrease accountability because we're being too nice to people which is is truly not the the effect of having a safe environment yeah and so with the um embracing then of some of the principles around that where's a great place for senior leaders to start what have you noticed 
I think it's all about curiosity, actually. It's about making sure that we we stop to think about what people have to offer because I find I've had a lot of experience across many different industries and what I find is often that leaders feel like they have to have all the answers and they look to protect their people and they're doing everything with great intent. But what the perception is from the other side is that they're not being able to contribute. And so there's frustration on both sides. And what we can find is that if we if we actually ask people what's going on and use the wisdom of the people that are doing the work that you're asking them to do, it's huge opportunity there for, for businesses to grow. Yeah. One of the things that um, I think, as you mentioned, leaders assume, well, I don't know if I have all of the answers, I don't have all of the answers, on the same um line of thinking, they may say to themselves, well, Kerry, it sounds great. What if I do uh, lead from curiosity, start having these conversations, and all of a sudden I do have a team member that starts to open up and I don't know how to navigate. I don't have the support or the qualifications to support them. What do we do then? Do you have some advice? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think you know, I've done a lot of work with well-being as well and, and working with teams. And essentially, if people have the opportunity to share in a safe environment, then you can be curious and you can let people and ask questions that broaden out what you want to find out. Often we try to... We ask questions and we start hurting people <laughs> and we start sort of driving them where we want to go. So my uh, thoughts for leaders is that if you're going to look to, to create psychological safety, there has to be an authenticity in it and we need to have real conversations where we are there fully present and mm. mindful of what that conversation is. Because often what I hear is that we, we ask a question and then we're already formulating our, our response. And so it's about letting people speak. And when people share something, you know what to do with it. There's, there's, we don't have to have the answers, but we need to be able to give them that support, which is my three pillars. The support is letting them voice their opinion, letting them innovate and, and share things and, and let them share. Like if they made a mistake, in a space where we're giving people psychological safety, they're going to admit that. And that's the beauty of giving accountability. But if we respond in a way that cuts them down, if they do that or makes them feel undervalued, that's where things go pear-shaped. So mm. it's just about um, taking the person as they are. Yeah, fantastic. Let's talk then about... Um, the. Obviously, we're talking about psychological safety creating and environments. How often do you see uh, organisations um, creating these spaces? Is it done something? I mean, obviously, from the sound of it, the example that you just gave, you were creating a safe space because we needed to address something that happened within the workplace uh, that didn't go quite right. What about when you think about all of the things that your team has gone through in the last two or three years and as leaders we have as as well, do you find that in this whole realm of creating safe spaces and encouraging spaces that organisations, leaders need to be more mindful, have, you know, specific times where there is open opportunities for team to come forward? What have you seen is working really well? 
What works well is if it is part of the culture of an organisation and they give people time for that reflection and that time to interact. Uh, it, it really means that people can then share ideas and share innovation and collaborate and more importantly, I think, is um, to, to debate because often what happens is that we don't give that. So an, a, a business that runs well allows people to voice dissent and, and to be able to say, you know, I think there's a better way or, you know, I'm not sure this is working and to be able to have those conversations. And it's about, um, I, I guess it's task conflict they talk about it. So it's, it's about what we're doing. It's not about the person. And people don't take things personally. One of my favourites is the Q-tip, quit taking it personally, because that's where people get misaligned, if you like, because they take something personally where it really wasn't intended in that fashion. Yeah, that makes sense. And I was just going to say to you, when people are encouraged to speak out, share their, um, you know, share what's on their mind or, or what they've seen, often what, what can happen is, you know, whether it be individually as a leader or in a team, others may tend to get a little bit, well, you know, taking it personally. What advice then would you give to someone or a team or even a leader to create an environment where to open up that discussion, but just to allow people to realise this is not personal? I mean, are there any tactics or any things that you can pre-frame and set up a conversation? Yeah, absolutely. And for me, it's all about that expectation. It's all about opening the conversation. So you know, for, a, for a leader to have a team meeting and then just to put it out there, how are we going to work together? You know, what's working for us? What's not working for us? And to really invite um, people's input. And sometimes what we find is that they try to do that, but they're not giving enough time for people to consider it. So we have thinkers and we have doers and the doers will jump in and give their thoughts immediately. But there are you know, half of the population that want to think about it and, and add value. And sometimes that's where it goes, you know, that, that it doesn't work as well. So give people the agenda that this is what we're going to talk about. We want to know what the challenges are for you so that we can figure out how we can work forward together. And it's using those inclusive, you know, the inclusive language. We're in it together and the leader's in there with it as well. Um, and so we, we put it on the table. We look at what's working, what's not. Let's, let's figure a way forward. And it's always forward thinking. Yeah, I love that, Kerry. You know, as you were sharing that, uh, sending uh, something out um, before the meeting allows those thinkers to be able to compile those thoughts. It's like, and I'm sure you've heard this before, it's a uh, you know, I, I didn't have a comeback line or I didn't have something to say till about half an hour later when I'd been able to sit sit on hop top of that for a while. Similarly, as you said, there's different um, ways that people kind of bring, you know, their expertise to the table. Some people are thinkers, some are doers. Similarly, with some people, they may find it um, a lot easier to write down their thoughts. So it may be as a leader to say, if you want to send um, some of your thoughts through via an email, we can read that out or you can read that out rather than thinking on the spot and then verbalising that in the meeting. 
are there are those the kind of things that you you're saying as leaders create something that allows all of the people to come to the table in the way in which they prefer? Yeah, I love that, Amory. There, there is definitely um, some value in in being able to give uh, feedback in whichever way you're more comfortable to do that. It's also about uh, having the opportunity to um, really think what what is it that I want to say and and thinking about the other person. So there's empathy in here for both sides as well because I think everybody comes to work with the intent to do well. Nobody gets up in the morning and goes, oh, I want to go to work and make a, a, a you know, fearful or um, horrible situation in there. So it's about being honest with what you're doing but it's it, it really comes back to so often we throw we we ask for feedback by just throwing a a, a line in there oh you know, tell me what you think and if we don't give them the opportunity as you said to either write it down or to workshop that with people or to have one-on-one -on -one conversations i really love the work of jane dutton who looks at high quality connections and she's really about it being two-way, it being positive in intent, it's respectful and it's forward thinking. And for me, that just encompasses everything that's going to give you a, a psychologically safe team who are ready to, to think because if we're not fearful, then we get to do all the good stuff. Yeah, I love that. You know, something that I'm reminded of as you're sharing uh, that, Kerry, is, you know, creating an environment where you encourage the team to share ideas. And an example that was given of what a leader should not do is immediately criticise, that won't work or that won't work. Because immediately that as you do that as a leader, no one then feels comfortable in sharing something in case they get cut down. And you never know that one idea may not be the idea that the team takes on board. But that idea sparks a, a, an idea in someone else and then someone else and together you can come up with an idea that's shaped and, and really can, can impact the, uh, the workplace. What other things do you see maybe as a, either a leader or if you see other team members do that that's going to inhibit others stepping forward? Are there some other things like that that we need to be mindful of so we can nip them in the bud straight away? Yeah, I, I think that one of the things we need to do is make sure that leaders speak last and Simon Sinek's work does a lot on that because sometimes we come in and we offer up our, as leaders, and we offer up our thoughts and then people just agree. Right? Yeah, good idea. So what, what to, to get your best, it's really about drawing it in from everybody else and then what your thoughts are, you can add into the mix. It doesn't have to be, it well, it shouldn't be a done deal. So we've got all of our team's thoughts and then we say, well, you know, I was thinking, can I throw that into the mix? And then we can collaborate on which of all of those ideas we move forward. Um, so that's, that's one trick. The other one is a, a coaching question that comes to mind. It's from Michael Bumgostania and he says, or and what else and so when people give something it's digging deeper so people will say oh yeah we're yeah we're bad at communication well that's huge <laughs> let's get down to the nitty-gritty of what about the communications not working and to ask questions that widen the spoke the the conversation before we start coming back to what we're going to do with it but we need to explore more than we do 
Mm. You know, um, as you're you're sharing that and on looking at what you've said, when team and leaders take the time to establish, uh, if we can use the boundaries and the ground rules of of ensuring that everybody feels safe, everyone feels as validated as possible, uh, we can then improve retention of the quality staff or the staff who really fit the company culture and, uh, you know, just excelling. We attract talent of style, attraction talent, you say, as well as productivity. Those are the things that you're seeing for those organisations that are really driving forward uh, and, and embracing psychological safety in the workplace? Yeah, absolutely. And you can add to that, Anne-Marie, because what it does is brands the business as somewhere that talent wants to go because people talk about it and people go, that's where I want to go. And then when you think of their customers, you know, I, I often sort of talk about a story, you know, if you go to somebody's place for dinner and they've just had an argument, they've had a Barney and we walk in as, as guests and we feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. That's what happens when people come into a space that that isn't working but if you've got your staff and they're on board and they're engaged and they're excited about what they're doing your customers see that and your customers go yeah this is a great place and they become more loyal as well so the the benefits are huge yeah, I, I agree. I, I think of an example of someone who I know um, has moved to different workplaces and the, one of the main reasons why is they didn't feel validated. They didn't have, you know, many of the things that you uh, were sharing are just so very important and they didn't feel valued. They didn't really feel valued. I mean, Often, and this is even as parents, we need to remind ourselves, if we are only constantly having a conversation with team members or our children when something goes wrong and we're picking them up and the tone in which we're doing that isn't supportive, that really can create um, a situation where people don't feel valued. How important is it as leaders now to congratulate or to say, hey, you're doing such a good job in that that area. How important is that as part it, of it? It it is totally important. I was at a workshop yesterday, and we were working with the disc uh, model, and we were talking about those influencers out there, and and they beautifully put it. This uh, group of emerging leaders, they said, if you don't tell me I'm doing a good job, you know what? I'm going to stop doing it. <laughs> I was like, wow, and that's the reality is that. As you say, it's it's like you know children and dogs. We need you know, pets. We you know we we need to make sure people get recognised and get championed, and and leaders need to be that. And that's part of my three steps is because that championing is celebrating someone else's success. Yeah. It's about making sure that we know and they know that they're appreciated and they're valued. And it's about widening their networks and singing their praises and not just to them but to the team and then up the chain because we as leaders wherever we are in the organisation can be building awareness for our team and their success is our success. Yeah, so true. Well, you beautifully segued, uh, Kerry, into the next point. We're talking about growing your team's mojo as well as their effectiveness. And just a reminder, uh, the three distinct pillars to engage and grow your team's mojo and effectiveness are support, challenge and champion. You've hinted a little bit about what champion is too, but let's go through each of these distinct pillars. What's important about the pillar of support? 
support when it comes to developing and growing our team? Well, support is looking at people as individuals. So there are a multitude of behavioural models out there. Um, you know, I use DISC HBDI, but there's, there's a million of them. But it's all about understanding who the individuals are in your team and what motivates them. It's about having those high-quality um, conversations. As I said from Jane Dutton, it's about having one-on-one -on -one conversations as well as team conversations. It's about being available for them so that if they've got a challenge that they can come and they can ask and they know that you've got time to spend with them. And it's all the, all the leadership values of coaching and mentoring and, and training and making sure people have the skill they need to move forward. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's creating that safe environment. That's what support is and trust. And if we don't have that, we can't move mm -hmm. because you can't start challenging someone if they don't trust you. Yeah. It's, it's just not going to work. Yeah, I love that. It's a great reminder too, as you're talking about as individuals, something that um, came to mind as you were sharing that for a conversation was another topic, but uh, that I was overhearing that someone was talking on another podcast. But I think it's very vital as we're considering this, you may have 10 team members in your team one of them may require a lot more open discussions with you, private discussions with you versus others. So how important is it that when you are providing support for the team individually is not to compare team members to other team members because everybody is different? Talk more. It, it is so important. And, and I know when I was working in leadership roles and at one point I looked after the four lower states of Australia and I really had to stop and think about what they needed. So, you know, some people need you to pick up the phone. And I think this was virtual before virtual was a thing because I had people all over the place. But it was about if, if somebody's social, you need to make time to just engage with them as a human being without a task attached to that. And by giving somebody a little bit of, you know, opportunity to interact and for them to know that you're interested in who they are and yes. what they're doing is so valuable and people sometimes don't do it because they go oh it's going to take too long but it takes so much longer because people will want to have that conversation and they will keep coming back to it <laughs> or, or you know, it, it is just about what does each of those people need and as leaders if we can identify that we can really engage our, our people and we need to know ourselves up front, yeah, because if if I come from my my point of reference and my preference, you know, I, somebody said to me once, which just really gelled for me in, in four um, quadrant models, that if you're in one of those quadrants, you're a minority. And that just blew my mind. <laughs> it's like, amazing, wow. isn't it? It was such a different way of looking at it. Yeah. But it's the reality is only, you know, one quarter work the way you work. So as leaders, we have to have that agility and we have to be able to support people in their preferred ways. 
Yeah, I, I had to smile uh, when you said about, you know, being understanding and knowing yourself first. I'm um, a high D then followed closely by the I. So whenever we get in, it's like to, today, you know, when we started the podcast, let's just dive into the, but some people need to have some of that, you know, open discussion. And it is being mindful of that. And I tell you what, as leaders, when you are appreciative of that, you can influence and impact your team so much better can't you just and be a little bit more patient for those of us who, who do tend to be ids and just love to, to dive in but that's all about influencing positively your team forward isn't it it really is and and if people feel like they're being heard and they're given the opportunity and and you're leaning into that discovery we need to invite the thinkers in to yeah. speak and I, I often talk about a situation where i was looking after a sales team and we had one really high conscientious gentleman in my team and the rest of us were all I and D and we were all like, yeah, throwing it all in and we we're just having this great conversation and then we move on. And when I started, I didn't have the skill to notice, but yeah. then I, you know, I had some great mentors in my early leadership days and then they said, yeah, just watch what's going on, Kerry. And then I could see him sitting up right in the back of the after we'd finished the conversation and you could see him sit and it was like right what let's come back what do you got for me Glenn and he would come out with pearls of wisdom mm. which would have been lost if I you know if somebody doesn't pick it up and invite them in because they're not going to jump in the fray yeah, I love that. You know, one of the um, things that I love, we, we have, you know, we talked about the techno technologies and virtual and so forth. We have got incredible, um, you know, thought leaders who share their content on podcasts and on videos. But where I really uh, benefit is that we have this beautiful button called a, a one and a half speed and a double speed. And so I listen to a lot of those on double speed because I love it. Give it to me and give it to me quick. So it's kind of like as human beings, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had the ability to put some people on double speed? It's a reminder, isn't it, that people communicate differently. And um, so whilst you may be sitting patiently, it's also very important to tell your face as well, isn't it? Well, because <laughs> oh, the body language can give us away. within the workplace. I mean, we can laugh about it now, but I tell you what, it everything matters, doesn't it? All of that contributes, giving space, even if it means that you've got someone who might take five minutes extra in explaining something to you that you don't kind of push them forward and, and uh, to, to, to speed up. Absolutely. And, and it is really about that. It's, it's about packaging what we want to say for the person that we're, we're interacting with yeah. so that they get the stuff that we want in the intent that, <laughs> that we're doing it. And, you know, I, I, I do laugh because that whole thing of, you know, the, the fast pay, you know, oh, you're on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your face, you kind of, you know, you could be, do, you're like 10, 10 sentences or 10 pages on in, in the yeah. agenda. I'm sure yeah. all of these are going, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and then the vice versa where the others are going, will you slow down? I have yeah. no idea you've gone because you've just. Yeah, <laughs> you've lost me. You've lost me paragraphs ago. So yes. that pillar and as you said Carrie unless you have that pillar in place uh, it's very difficult for them to move into the second pillar which is challenge share a bit more yeah. about that pillar so the challenge is really questioning the validity of what's going on really so 
you know, it's it's using our curiosity. It's asking questions, as I say, it's widening the spread so that we really get and that, you know, and what else? Because people tend to give us the first thing that comes to mind. And if we're really going to value what someone's got to say, we need to sometimes coach them through that a little and, and, and draw the information out so that we're dealing with what the real problem is or what the real innovation is. Uh, so it's it's also about the courage to take calculated risk and to know that I can do that and that if there's a mistake made and if we're in that learning phase, there's going to be mistakes. And if there's not, we're probably not stretching ourselves. So it's about being um, courageous enough to take calculated risks, try something new, and then as long as we learn from that and it's not catastrophic, then that's a really good place to be, right? And so often I hear, you know, oh, I could have told them <laughs> or, you know, I tried to tell them and people are trying to, to push themselves out of their comfort zone to share some of these threats or opportunities and if they're not being heard, then it's it's lost. But the challenge here is that somebody is going, I'm making an effort to, yeah. to change what's around me. And there's so many ways we can go about that, but it is about challenging the status quo, looking at what the intent of what we want to do and are we really looking at the values and doing what it is that we're supposed to do in the best way we can do it. So always looking to innovate. Yeah, so important. You know, one of the things that um, I've experienced myself and I've seen others as, as well is if you're in an environment where you are learning and developing, if you feel like your leader is micromanaging, is going to pounce on you for every little step that you take that may not yet be masterful, what you end up doing is creating an environment where more mistakes can be made. It's like, you know, my daughter once said whenever her partner was in the car, she would always do something because she was trying to be so careful and not doing something that you ended up doing that you didn't, you know, was trying not to do. That can often happen in a team environment, can't it, when people are fearful that they'll make a mistake and in that the, the, the nervousness ends up creating something that, that may not have happened or even if they feel safe in experimenting and learning and growing um, till they get to that point where, you know, they're familiar with doing that task. Anything to share on that? Have you found that? Yeah, look, I, I think that anybody who's micromanaging is really selling themselves short because, as you said, you know, earlier in our conversation, that everybody has a different life experience coming in and looks at things differently. And what, what counts for me is, you know, we often bring somebody into an organisation because they've got different experience and then what do we do? We try and indoctrinate them into the, this is how we do it here and we lose that curiosity as soon as they're in the door in, in, in many instances. So, you know, micromanaging is, is really halting. It's really drawing a company back. It's not going to help you get where you need to go in any way, shape or form. It's about you know, stunting growth, micromanagement. And, and people, that's where, you know, a lot of the, the angst comes from because people start losing confidence mm -hmm. even when they're really talented and they've got the capability and they start with that, you know, really high motivation. If they get micromanaged, you know, I, I don't think there's a person on the planet who 
who doesn't feel affected by that. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And I know uh, you've already shared, uh, Kerry, some of the things in, in the champion pillar. But just to round it off nicely, we've talked about pillar one support, pillar two challenge. Uh, what Pillar three, what are some of the, the important things we need to take away in this pillar? Yeah, giving recognition where it's due. And, and that's part of the feedback. Often we give feedback when we want something to change, but we don't give the feedback of what somebody's doing. So being really specific with that, this is what you did, this was the impact of that, and thank you so much, so much appreciated. It's thinking about the individual and how they want to get recognition too. Some of us want bells and whistles. Some of us want a quiet one-on-one. Some of us want you know, a, a nice little voucher to go shopping. Whatever it is that, that motivates that individual is part of this champion. But as leaders, for me, it's more about making sure that you give your people opportunities to grow. And if they're doing what they're doing well and they're thinking they might want to move you know, into another position, we start giving them the skills and the capabilities to go where they want to go. So it's championing them and their success becomes our success. And so it's really about giving people that growth. It's about making sure we open doors for them, give them introductions, do that networking bit. And as I said earlier, really singing praises upward so people know the value of the staff that they've got there on, on the ground doing whatever it is they're doing. Yeah, so good, so good. And this is, of course, what do you help uh, others, uh, organisations do? Kerry, share a little bit more about your work and how people can get in contact with you. Well, you can find me in uh, LinkedIn or uh, my website's Kerry Nobes Consulting. Uh, so my, my passion is, is this, Anne-Marie. It is truly about making sure that people connect in a fashion that you're moving forward and in doing that, you get your innovation, you get the productivity. And I see it, it's right across the board. This is one of the things that, because I work with teams, I work with middle leaders and I work with you know, executives and all the way along the line, there are similar challenges, but just slight tweaks with it. And all of the, you know, it doesn't matter where you are on the totem pole, I guess, everybody needs that support. And everybody needs someone to challenge them and to challenge themselves. And we all need to know that we're succeeding with something. So that's pretty much the gist of, of what I do. So I work with emerging leaders. I work with teams for team cohesion. But it's all around that communication, um, emotional intelligence, just how do we engage people and have really great connections where we're helping each other because I, I think for me, my, my drive is that I don't want people to have a, a work situation that's not great and then go home and, you know, kick the dog or not, not make the, you know, a decent meal and vice versa. So it's, you know, it's, our lives are so intertwined and those boundaries are really, really murky. So my, my aim in everything I do is to make people do what they do the best of their ability, but more so to bring some joy and to bring some satisfaction in what they do so that that shines through with whoever they're working with. Yeah, 
it, it gets paid forward then, doesn't it? No matter mm-hmm. which, which which way and outlook you have, it gets played yeah. forward. So let's get yeah, uh, played forward in the, the the right way. And of course, Kerry, we're very uh, fortunate to have you as part of the Business Women Collective <coughs> as well. What uh, chapter are you near? Whereabouts are you based? I am in Victoria, in Warrandyte. So yeah, with the Victorian crew. So we'd love to uh, work with anybody who's looking for that, but. Also really open, Marie, for anyone, and Marie, sorry, um, for anybody who wants to just have a conversation, I'm more than happy to have, you know, an introductory conversation of, of what's going on in your workplace and to give some suggestions because, as I say, it's, you know, for, for me it's about making a difference in people's lives and I'm always happy to chat. As you'll figure out. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, of course, it's been a wonderful uh, opportunity to chat with you today and, and hear you share just, a, you know, about the uh, scratching the surface of uh, the work that you do, but all, so helpful and so important uh, with workplaces today, particularly with uh, the things that uh, people have had to go through over the last mm-hmm. two to three yeah. years, yeah. Uh, everything that we can do to support individual team members and collective you know the group as team members and leaders themselves too is so very important and that's exactly the kind of work you do so thank you once again for coming on the show oh thank you for the opportunity i've enjoyed our chat it's been great you've been listening to business women australia podcast want to become part of a dynamic collective of women who are passionate about business success and personal growth Go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership to apply. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership.